When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, listeners. This is Andrew Kahn from the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. We hit on name, image, and likeness news now and then on the podcast, but if you're looking for in-depth NIL discussions every week, you should be listening to NIL Now. It's a joint podcast from Headline Studio and Reddit, and it covers all the news happening around NIL in college and high school sports. The hosts are ESPN's Lauren Sizzler and former Virginia Tech and NFL running back Kevin Jones. Every week, they dive into the best and funniest Reddit conversations and tackle the noteworthy happenings in the NIL space. Plus, they invite players, coaches, and NIL experts to join the discussion. It's NIL Now. Give it a listen wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to NIL Now, a podcast dedicated to the name, image, and likeness of today's college and high school athletes. So we're going to explore the crazy and wildly interesting world of name, image, and likeness. NIL Now, covering the latest sports business headlines and keeping you informed on the nation's top performers. This is NIL Now, where the stars of tomorrow are getting noticed today. It's the Wild Wild West, but we're wrangling it in. Presented by Headline Studio. And Reddit. Here are your hosts, Lauren Sisler and Kevin Jones. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of NIL Now, a production of Headline Studio and Reddit. We're out wherever you listen to your podcast, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Later on the show, we'll speak to Mark Kester, the founder of the Players NIL, so stick around for that. But right now, we got to bring in my friend, Mr. Kevin Jones. What's going on? NIL Headlines. There's a new El Presidente in town. Charlie Baker officially named as NCAA's new president. This, you know, is obviously a governing body of the NCAA, and so lots could be on the horizon, but we shall see. So the former Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker began his new role as NCAA president on March 1st, taking over for Mark Emmert. In an interview with the Associated Press, Baker said the NCAA needs help from Congress with a federal law to help govern NIL. So Baker outlined his first 100 days in office, which include meeting with every conference commissioner at all three divisions. He told the AP, I think for the NCAA, until you actually had NIL, it was hard to know what it was going to look like. Now we have it. And the question becomes, should there be an attempt to make this more visible, more transparent, more The word I guess I'm really looking for is easier for kids, student-athletes, families to understand what's real and what's not. And of course, this comes after a topic that we hit on Kevin last week with the Miami Twins, the girls Haley and Hannah and their recruitment at Miami and how that coincided with the booster John Ruiz and those infractions that came down on the back end of that. The conversation has been 
it's a bit troubling. How come the university didn't disassociate with John Ruiz, who is considered a booster and in, in pre, uh, I guess we call it pre NIL times, that would be an infraction. So with that being said, your thoughts on the new president coming in and what does this do for the shape and landscape of NIL? Well, you know, I got to give him give him a name, Charlie. I'm going to call him Charlie the Baker's man. Hopefully he's not putting <laughs> it in the oven as fast as he can with these rules to regulate NIL. Um, but no, it's going to be a it's definitely going to be an undertaking. Um, you know, his first hundred days, he's got to meet with a bunch of people. Um, it's funny, you know, I've been a part of athletic departments and that's what they always do. They come in. It's like the first 90 days is something where it's a lot of information gathering where people are are given information that he might not know from the inside. And, um, you know, some of his comments right now um, may change, you know. So we'll we'll see what's to come down the pike. I'm definitely rooting for him because I want it to work out. I want NIL to work out for everybody and at every school. So, like we said, we're, you know, advocates for NIL. We just need to do it the right way. So we'll see what the transparency and all these other things he's talking about. We'll see if that works out. So good luck, Charlie Baker's man. All right, we're going to run with that one, Kevin. Charlie, the baker's man. <laughs> the baker man. <laughs> you, you got the name drops, my friend. Are we gonna, I don't gonna even know baker? where that came from. I just now came up with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking, I don't know, I, that song just came in my head. <laughs> I mean, Kevin does not premeditate any of this, y'all. Dropping in some NIL chocolate chip cookies. What's up? All right, rolling on to our second headline. And this one uh, highlights a student-athlete that has generated a lot of attention. One of the most popular student-athletes out there, Miss Olivia Dunn, the LSU gymnast. And we've talked about her a lot on the show. And and really, she's been part of promoting a lot of student-friendly brands in the past. And uh, here's a clip from one of those that she promoted for the spell check program, Grammarly. I want to start off the year strong, whether I'm in the gym working out or doing my schoolwork. When I want to impress my professors or anyone important that I might be messaging, I use Grammarly keyboard to instantly proofread anything I'm writing so it's mistake-free and ready to send. And when I really need to make a good impression, I use Grammarly to proofread my big assignments and get better grades. That's why I have more time for gymnastics and other fun things. Download Grammarly to succeed this back-to-school season. Okay, so that makes sense, right? Grammarly. It's actually something um, I've looked into and used before uh, just to spell check, make sure your grammar's correct. Um, it's a helpful program, especially as you're chunking away at emails, you're on the fly, you're trying to get your words right. So Grammarly is a pretty, pretty good program to use. Well, this other, I guess, brand that she has helped promote most recently did not fly so well with LSU. And uh, the name of this brand is called Cactus AI. So that's an artificial intelligence tool that actually helps users generate ideas for writing papers. Hmm, definitely a head scratcher. In a statement issued to the advocate, LSU said, at LSU, our professors and students are empowered to use technology for learning and pursuing the highest standards of academic integrity. However, using AI to produce work That a student then represents as one's own could result in a charge of academic misconduct as outlined in the Code of Student Conduct. I think my first question is, when these companies come about, somebody obviously approached her. Was it her agent? Who was the one that put this particular endorsement in place? 
And did they not think, I get it because there's the tie-in with schoolwork, homework, but all of a sudden you're looking at plagiarism. Like, who did this deal is my first question. Well, my first response to it is, they're like, Olivia, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kevin dropping a dime today. Woo. No, the, the, the plagiarism thing at universities is a big deal, basically across the board at all universities. So... Is to answer your question about who brought this deal, probably this company reached out to her because of her her following. But I'm not sure if they reached out to her or a representative. But either way, you know, we always talk about at Triumph that we want all of our athletes to, you know, double check with the company to see that's representing you to see if there's any conflict of interest, give you some advice on things that might come back to bite you. And, you know, so I think this is one of those situations where somebody probably didn't Either they either they didn't care or they just didn't understand what this thing um, could turn into. So I think that, I think this is a big issue, and I'll be interested to see how how things are handled moving forward with this story. Yeah, and I think you know again we mentioned Grammarly, which you know in theory is, is kind of like a spell check program. It's it's kind of like having one of those whatever Texas Instruments calculators that does all the things for you, right? And obviously cell phones nowadays, there's a lot you can get from it. And of course, the school is saying like, we want you to use technology as a tool. But to your point, I'm wondering if there wasn't a lot of research that went into this artificial intelligence thing. Of course, when you're basically like plugging in a topic and then saying, hey, do this for me, you're suddenly kind of skirting that line of like, oh, is this ethical or is this not? So I would be curious to know who kind of signed off on it. To your point, did she do the research? Did someone else just say do it? And she just kind of, you know, obviously didn't really have much background on it. So I think that's, um, you know, kind of the big question. And then that kind of poses the next question, which is, you know, are there brands that should be off limits for student athletes to partner with? And I think, Kevin, this definitely raises a big question because I do think, you know, there are different things and it, it, it can be subjective, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm someone that obviously um, is an advocate against addiction, um, addiction prevention. So I have a, a kind of a heart for helping people to sort of avoid the the, the use or misuse of, of drugs and substances, um, you know, and, and obviously we're in college settings. I'm not, I'm not, I'm very privy to the fact that this is, you know, an age group that will spend time partying and doing those sort of things. But also I think you have to be careful as an athlete because you are putting substances in your body. So even if it's something that's promoted as maybe healthy or like a five hour energy drink or things that, you know, people would say, oh, this is great for athletes. I think you definitely have to recognize the brand what is it promoting and what's sort of the long-term game of it? So for me personally, you know, obviously alcohol would be off the table. Well, especially if you're an under 21 athlete, it's certainly off the table. But I think even as you, you know, get to that next next level, you know, I certainly don't think athletes would necessarily be in the market for promoting those things. But if there are maybe legal performance enhancing things that are, you know, hey, take this, you know, whatever, pickle juice, and it'll give you He-Man superpowers. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, not the pickle juice. <laughs> the pickle juice. So I do think that you have to have that, that awareness and how does it link link to what 
you stand for. And then I think to your point, research is so key because I do think that companies, you know, might their particular product might promote something positive, but you also have to kind of look at the inner findings of it and the inner workings and even some of the leadership aspects of it, because some companies do get themselves in trouble and don't necessarily uh, paint the, the the best picture of how they run things. So I think that that is something you also have to take into consideration. You want to be partnering with companies and brands that align with you, but also align with your values. Absolutely. Like if you, so what you're talking about is some sort of like, you know, substance, some substance, substance abuse, things that like drugs and alcohol that college athletes really in the NIL space are not even allowed to promote. So, but this on the same, on on the other token, when you talk about this story with Olivia, one thing is spell checking and making sure that you're coming off professional and you're not missing, you know, Grammarly is one thing, right? But then you have to look at the other company that's called Cactus AI and you, you have to ask yourself, am I aligning myself with the right things, with the right messages? Is my does my brand align up with this brand? Meaning, like I'm a student athlete, and do I want to, you know, promote anything that might sound like plagiarism? This might not be plagiarism. Like you might, it might be something where it generates something, and then you have to go back and rewrite it. But now you have inspiration on rewriting it. But that's not what people is going to assume. They're going to automatically think, you know, plagiarism. So why even align yourself with something that might be kind of shaky in the picture of college athletics or, you know, as a person with that type of influence, it's almost like, you know, on the other side, if it was non-alcoholic beer, (laughs) but it doesn't say it on the label. Right. So people are like, Oh, she's drinking beer. And they like have to research. You don't want the consumer who you're trying to speak to, to have to be confused about what you're trying to do or what you're saying. It should be clear. Like the messaging should be clear. This is not plagiarism, this, or this is not beer, you know, things like that. So I think that this is just one of those gray areas that, you know, most athletes may not even most athletes, just brands, people with brands don't want to be in a gray area. Like, you know, we want to know what this is. So this one is kind of funky in that way, but (laughs) it must've been a really big check involved. That's the only thing that I can think of why, you know, you would take the risk. Those are really good points, Kevin. Um, I think that's that's smart, and 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 the risk reward has to be taken into consideration. And so, uh, yeah, great insight there, and um, definitely anxious to to kind of see how this shakes out and sort of what this means moving forward, and just protecting people, and maybe a good lesson for a lot of people to learn in this process, and 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 who they align with. This is probably within her right. She's allowed to do it, right? It's probably no penalty for that because she's not telling people to go and plagiarize, you know. But the mix, the mixed messaging, the, you know, the miscommunication here could be, you know, detrimental to other athletes. Or if LSU doesn't come back and make a statement that, you know, that they made about people doing their own work, not using AI to to write their papers and stuff like that. If they don't come back and make that statement, then what is LSU saying about not saying anything? So he's dragging the university in, in a way. Um, so yeah, somebody somebody uh, wasn't thinking this all the way through. Or there was a really big check involved. <laughs> which one? Which one? We'll we'll find out later, I guess. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. NIL now with Lauren Sisler and Kevin Jones. If you want to learn more about name, image, and likeness, you need to go to the source. The NIL now podcast from Headline Studio and Reddit highlights the, the biggest, biggest storylines. Line. NIL is not a cherry on top. It needs to be a part of these young men and women's future to 
you know, further their careers. You should be able to leave college with something. Subscribe to NIL Now on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All righty. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment with our good friend, Mr. Babak Hayeri, who's going to join us now on the show as we unpack some more of this as uh, Charlie Baker, the Baker man, gets uh, officially inducted into his new role as the NCAA president. Babak, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Can't complain here. Um, all right, so let's dive right in. So we talked at the top of the show uh, with Kevin about Charlie Baker. He's got a nickname. Kevin, give Babak the nickname. Go ahead. I said the Baker's man, but don't put it in the oven as fast as you can. We <laughs> we got to get these rules right. I'm from Baker's Field, so you know I think that's a better one than than yeah. You know, just to me, Baker always has a negative connotation because I feel like it's my hometown. We, yeah, I, he's. I'm really interested to to see how he does. I mean, does he just want a crazy challenge? I'm sure you all talked about that, but I mean, who like finishes being a popular governor? And you know what? I want to be the most reviled person in college sports. I want to take over the job of the last guy who was there. I mean, is he? I'm sure they pay well, but I'm sure a lot of places pay well. And it's not like he was a person who didn't have a career before it. He wants to go and become a pariah and basically be, uh, no matter how dumb the ideas of the members of the NCAA, because that's, let's be realistic, none of this happens unless the schools want it. He's going to be the uh, punching bag for all of this. But uh, you know what? More power to him. It's a fun challenge. It's interesting. It certainly involves political capital. And we'll see how much of it he burns. Yeah, I wonder if his kids talked him into it because, you know, sometimes the kids can pump up the parents because, you know, he got two. He had two uh, student athletes um, as, as children. So just wondering if they're like that. You should do this. You've run government you before. Totally fix it. <laughs> Go fix it. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I do think that's a very, very uh, good question because you get to that point in your career where, like, he could probably just cash in the paychecks, like, chill, retire, hang out, you know, live on the beach somewhere, enjoy life. But he's about to literally take on this wild and crazy thing. We mentioned at the top of the show, he's going to spend the first hundred days going around talking to all the commissioners you know, within each league and just gathering information and a lot of information to gather and really kind of his whole point. And I'd be curious to know what the Redditors are saying about this. But, you know, he basically said, like, now that NIL is in place, you don't know what you don't know. And now we got to figure out how we can kind of empower people to do things the right way. And so it's almost like, okay, open the floodgates. Now let's try to reel it in. Let's herd it back in. What are we going to do? So I'm anxious to see what his uh, take on all this is and sort of um, the direction that this goes. But what are the Redditors saying about all this? Well, there is a lot of cynicism, and I think the NCAA has somewhat earned that with just poor public relations. You know, the number one comment uh, by a Miami fan, I'm not going to necessarily say it's because they're a Miami fan, uh, ejected for targeting, was that the NCAA is just trying to figure out how to make money off of these NIL deals. And and there's some, you know, support of that with others. And, and the other view is, I think, kind of echoed by Elegant Spot 3489, a, uh, a tech Texas fan who feels that every deal should be transparent. They want to get paid because that was one thing. And I'm sure you all discussed this. He wants to try and potentially create an open database to allow 
fans and I, not really fans, who cares about the fans in this, but really student athletes and their families to have an opportunity to see what's out there. Because I think, and certainly as he has been saying, the, the number one thing he was hearing about was how opaque the NIL world is and the disadvantage it seems to put many players and families not knowing whether or not these deals truly go through or what their actual values are worth. It came up, I know, in an SI article uh, that they had previously been trying to, I think yeah, it was Ross Dellinger wrote that one, that they were trying to create some sort of database like that before the uh, the Supreme Court's uh, unanimous Alston ruling, and then they kind of shelved it. So maybe they will go back to it. Whether it gets challenged in court is a whole other question. But certainly, I think fans have a certain level of skepticism and cynicism about all of this. And, and it, to them, it feels like the NCAA is just trying to get itself involved. And, and for example, Notre Dame fan Irish Wave, I don't get the protect athletes angle, you know, in terms of keeping them aware of deals, you know, other than what happened to the 13 million deal, uh, $13 million deal that happened uh, for Florida, they're there have been there really haven't been stories about deals imploding or athletes getting getting hosed. The only other quasi stories come out of where stories similar to the Addison leaks and around USC not delivering what was promised. But that's a different issue. I'm pretty sure that's coming from a Notre Dame fan on that particular uh, uh, <laughs> uh, criticizing the Jordan Addison transfer. But again, a lot of this is just sort of skepticism to see if the NSA actually cares or if this is just something to do. And frankly. When we're looking at what uh, Baker is proposing, I mean, he's trying to do so many things and it's cool to hear it now, but then let's see him in a hundred days and how tired he is. And I, I do feel sympathy for a lot of the D3 commissioners because I really wonder how much focus he's going to have when he's got to talk to like a hundred commissioners and uh, in a hundred days or you know, pardon me. Yeah. It's like they got 1100 member schools. I mean, really, if Texas says something, I imagine he's going to listen. But if it's one of the bajillion Concordias, not so sure he's going to lend them as strong of an ear, because I think that's the other problem here. It's clear this is all controlled by the P5. It's clear that so much of this is being driven forward by them. And I think that is what feeds that skepticism. We're talking about institution putting in some guardrails for athletes that are making revenue off of their name, image, and likeness. And the revenue is coming from supporters that are like alumni or stuff like that, or businesses. I just think it's weird to like come in and be like, hey, businesses, hey, alumni, you want to pay these entities for, for what they do, but we're going to tell you the best way to do it, and we might take some of it. I never even thought of that. Like, yo, that's kind of... That's wild. <laughs> that's just as wild as everything else that's going on in the space. Yeah, an NCA tax. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the redditors, like I guess, said that, and I thought, like, wow, I didn't even think of that. But that could be something that you know comes up in in, in the future in this space, and it's totally like, why? Why would you get a tax? The government's going to get their tax because these kids have to pay taxes to get in the middle of that money flow in a way, or how that's happening. Um, I see like some of the predatory things that he's talking about, but I think that's like few and far between. What they need to do is keep the agents, the pro agents, like we need to have a handle on that. Because sometimes, you know, we have these people coming in talking about their NIL agents when they're really just pro agents. And it's, it's things like that that needs guardrails, not can I 
as a business partner with this player and however much money I want to give them as the value that I see, you know, because something is only worth what someone will pay for it. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. A big deep sigh there. Um, Bob, I have to be honest with you. I'm looking through this. This is probably one of the more um, combative threads I've seen in quite some time on the Reddit channel. Some of these, these, uh, this back and forth, some of the the language, people are pretty fired up about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's off season. I mean, during the season, people get fired up on all sorts of things. You just have to watch a, a game between Michigan and Ohio State and see how they react to each other. <laughs> Bobak baking up, baking up some NIL truths today. I love it. Bobak, we appreciate you as always, my friend. All right. Take care. You're listening to NIL Now. All right, we are now to our third and final segment of the show, NIL Now. And joining us today as our guest, Mark Kesterer, is the founder of the Players NIL, an athlete-focused NIL education program for college and high school athletes. The Players NIL teaches its clients about brand development and relations, legal, tax compliance, and financial theory. Mark, great to have you with us. So much to unpack here with all of the projects and things you've been working on. Well, Lauren, it's nice to meet you. And Dean, thanks for setting this up. Kevin, nice to meet you as well. And I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about what I've learned the last two years. Yeah. So I guess just first and foremost, uh, just kind of take us through this Players NIL and this how you founded it and sort of what led you in this direction to focus on athletes and this educational piece that is so, so, so very important. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a journey that started in my childhood. My father was a high school uh, coach and a junior high gym teacher, and he sh- instilled in me the concept of using athletics to better my life, to create life opportunities, educational opportunities, uh, professional opportunities. And I was able to do that. I wasn't a, a great high school athlete. I was a Division II football player in college, but met some of the best friends in my life, created uh, relationships and opportunities and gained, you know, self-confidence and um, really, you know, took advantage of the opportunities that athletics gave me. Then as I became a parent of young children, I, I thought that I could take my father's message and not only use athletics to better my life, but use athletics to better the lives of the people around us. So in other words, how can we force multiply all these opportunities that have been given to us? And I never want to say that there aren't other ways to do it. You can do it through art science, music, fashion, uh, travel. There's lots of ways to grow and, and build a uh, lifetime of opportunities. For me, it was athletics. For my family, it was athletics. I have five children, four Division One athletes. So I was a high school athlete. I was a college athlete. I'm a parent of college athletes. I have a son that's a college coach now. And then 14 years ago, I moved to Los Angeles where I became a business owner in the athletic entertainment space where I produced TV shows, movies, and commercials for the NFL, NBA, MLB. So I was in the middle of branding, marketing, sponsorship, group licensing. And I sold that company in June of 21. A little spider came down and sat down beside me, as the, as the nursery rhyme goes, and it was called Name, Image, and Likeness. And, of course, <laughs> it was a natural transgression, you know, transition, I mean, um, to try and get involved. And what I learned, Lauren and Kevin, was that in the early days, and it's still true today, some 20 months later, NIL is filled with opportunistic adults taking advantage of uneducated student athletes and their advisors. 
And I uh, really wanted to live up to my father's message. And that was how could I use athletics to better the lives of the people around me? And to me, that was creating an educational platform that every student athlete could benefit from. Drop the mic right there, Mark. That's a great story. <laughs> Man, seriously, no, I, I really, you know, it resonates with probably all of us on on this podcast um, um, who've been living our lives through sports and in and around sports on um, the various different levels. And to kind of hear you sum it up in, in that story, I think is um, is is awesome. And sp- so, speaking of stories, I hear you have a book coming out, or you, it just came out. And it's called NIL for All, a 30-minute guide to NIL. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, thanks, Kevin. Yes, it just came out last week. So during this journey of the first 20 months of building this online education platform, honestly, in in full transparency, we've run into some uh, resistance. And I think the resistance is because the national news and uh, everyone has sensationalized the top 2% of student-athletes. So, you know, the athletes that, for whatever reason, have been given opportunities through Power Five schools, through revenue sports, through what is commonly called as a collective, which is essentially a booster club on steroids. And we have decided that that's what NIL is for. And my opinion and what I built this company on and the reason I wrote the book, Kevin, is I couldn't think of anything further from the truth. In my opinion, NIL was built for the everyday athlete. So let's take the top 2%, let's be generous and say it's 2% in the revenue generating sports in a Power 5 school, and let's put them aside for a second. There's over 500,000 student athletes in college in this academic year. Okay, that leaves hundreds of thousands of athletes without those resources. They don't have collectives to pay them. They don't have NIL departments. They're not in a revenue generating sport that they're on television every Saturday. Yet, NIL has created opportunities to build life skills, to create financial windfalls, if that's your choice. I have many students that don't even want to make money. They just want to build relationships and learn about digital marketing, personal branding for their careers. And so NIL for all means that everyone has an NIL opportunity. It may not be a million dollars. It may not be $20,000. It may be $200 a month. It may be no money because all I want to do is get an internship next year in sports marketing or digital marketing or video production or editing. And so NIL for all, we make um, NIL two words, most important words of the book, relatable and attainable. So relatable is it can re- every student athlete can relate to an NIL opportunity and attainable is if you're not a million dollar athlete, there's still something there for you. Wow. I was about to be like another mic drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that that book should do well um, uh, if you got people out there talking about it and speaking about it in the right way. So hopefully we on this podcast, we can help promote that and get that out there to everybody, because I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done in the space, not just for the athletes, but like you say, for all, because the other side of that is the the boosters, I would say, or the brands that are out there that don't really understand the space and are kind of apprehensive to be in the space because they can be in the space from an educational standpoint. Like you said, it doesn't always have to be dollars. It can be, like you said, an internship, some type of experience that furthers the career of the student athlete want in their next, the next phase of their life. So what are you thinking about the, how do you feel about all the issues that are, you know, the rules and everything that's in the NIL space right now, the NCAA having a new president, all that, that ball of what's happening that they call the wild, wild west. You being one of the Wranglers, I call, I, I, I say myself, but I'm a Wrangler. You're, I feel like you're one of the Wrangler. You're in the Wranglers club. 
Hey, that's a new. Uh, we gotta get a. We gotta get a uh, a jean jacket deal, nil deal now for me and Mark. Everybody on yes. the show, Wrangler, <laughs> Wrangler to nil. So, how do you feel? Like, what what's your take on all all, all the the space right now? I know you're educating with the book and and your company, but the rules, the new president, where you see it going in the future, just some of those type of questions. Well, there's no question we're in a very, very dynamic and fluid uh, place right now with regard to college athletics. And uh, I have been a critic of the NCAA. Unfortunately, I think their lack of controls and lack of oversight has created this problem. And I think what they did was they rushed to judgment to open up the floodgates, as they say, let the genie out of the bottle on July 1st, 2021 without any guidelines, without any parameters. We have some loose guardrails around what NIL should be. They're now trying to come back with a compliance uh, department. I think last week they just slapped the University of Miami with the first NIL infractions case. Look, you know, illegal activity around college athletes and recruiting has been going on forever, right? And I don't think it's ever going to stop. What we did, though, was we legalized it. We took the brown paper bag from the park, from the back parking lot, we put it in the locker room, okay? So we're distributing money, right? And so look, we, we understand that, right? But what it has done though, is it's separated the haves and have nots. And it's done that by, I don't believe anyone saw two things coming to fruition at the same time and building this problem. And that is collectives, which I said are the booster clubs on steroids with huge amount of money and very interested parties in winning uh, typically football, and basketball games, and the transfer portal. And I said this last week on a podcast, five years ago, Deion Sanders doesn't get the job at Colorado. Today, he's the perfect coach for this crazy wild west, okay? Because he is legally taking advantage of the collectives and the transfer portal. And so they just hired or just, you know, appointed a new president of the NCAA. He's a politician, I believe my opinion is that the reason that they went after that profile and that uh, experience is that everyone is scared to death of collective bargaining and the athletes forming a union. And that's going to be a political issue, whether they're employees or not. And the NCAA is going to have to fight Capitol Hill on Washington as to what the results of that decision will be. I agree with everything that you said, but I know my co-host is like, he done talked about primetime Dion Neon, and I got to go back now. <laughs> now, Dion did good at JSU without the bag, right? So we got to be a little bit more, I got to be a little bit protective on my man Dion. So I, but I, I will say that the second part of that is, is true. He's able to take that energy and what he did there at JSU to go to Colorado where he has way more resources and it makes it way more easier for him to do his job there. I had, I had, to, I had to ping you a little bit on the Dion, but everything else was dead on. You know what I said? I said, he, I said five years ago, he probably wouldn't have got that job, but That's today, true. He's the per, the, today he's the perfect coach for that job. I, I And kudos to him. I said, it's all legal. Um, it's all within the guidelines of NIL and, you know, good for Colorado for taking a chance and at least for the first couple months, good for Dion for, maximizing it and creating opportunities for kids. Look, I watch every one of those uh, recordings. I'm a big fan of what he's doing because he's empowering athletes and he's creating opportunities. Those kids' lives are changed forever. And remember one of the mission statements of my company, the Players NIL, how can we use athletics to better the lives of the people around us? And I think Deion Sanders is doing that.
That's awesome. Yeah, well said. Um, kind of the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this kind of specifically ties into a topic that we addressed at the top of the show with Olivia Dunn, um, you know, the LSU gymnast that has obviously risen in fame and popularity uh, in the NIL space. And unfortunately, you know, for the most part, she's partnered with brands that are, are highly valued, especially in the student athlete space. But unfortunately, uh, just recently, she partnered with uh, an artificial intelligence company and LSU kind of stood behind that and said, look, you know, or stood in front of that and said, look, we we, we can't have this kind of conduct where plagiarism, you know, um, I don't know if they necessarily use the word plagiarism, but essentially can't be using artificial intelligence to help us do our schoolwork because then that could be using someone else's work and claiming that as our own. So essentially plagiarism. But with that being said, you know, with your book, obviously, this 30 minute guide and your focus being on athletes and education, how important is it, especially in this, this, with this topic at, at kind of the forefront for someone like Olivia and all these other student athletes, and you know, she might be in that top 2%, but everyone from the top down, how important is it to be educated and know what you're getting into with each and every brand that you partner with, whether it is a $5 deal or a $50,000 deal. Right. Well, Olivia Dunn, let's, let's be clear. She, she's a gymnast, but she's an influencer. That's her primary role, right? She's, she's no different than a non-athlete of, of that stature. You know, and I've said this for a while, again, no, no shame, but the Kardashians have changed the world, right? Influencers, it's a whole industry now, okay? So she's an influencer. She has additional leeway compared to most athletes because of her audience, you know, chat GPT and other artificial intelligence programs are a society issue, not just an academic or an athletic issue, right? It's it's the wave of the future in many cases. But our book teaches and we profess that in this NIL for all, being authentic to your brand, being who you are and representing what you stand for is the most important thing you can do. That at the end of the day, the audience, which are your followers and potential customers of the brand partner that you're with, will sniff you out if you say that you drink Pepsi and you really drink Coca-Cola. They'll sniff you out if you say you eat Doritos and you really eat Lay's potato chips, okay? So authenticity is paramount. And whether this is an authentic brand for Olivia Dunn or not, I'm not sure. It is a controversial subject beyond sports, but she's a controversial influencer beyond sports as well. Yeah, I think that's something that we were, you know, discussing earlier is that you know, you want to align yourself with a brand, like you said, that's that's part of that's kind of closely who, with who you are. So is is this type of thing that could be a gray area around plagiarism related to who you are? I, I think not. I think it's probably more of an opportunity that she saw to further her. I would say the resources that she's probably getting from that deal. So we have to, you know, the people that's closely aligned with these athletes and that are leading them and partnering with them. You know, when I'm speaking that I'm talking about the different agencies and the people that represent them, they need to be a little bit more careful on how I would say they, they partner with some of these businesses. They does this type of thing. You know, what is the blowback going to be from the university? What is the coach going to feel like all these type of conversations need to happen before you just jump out and align yourself with a, a brand. Well, we have a similar situation with TikTok, right? 
you know, TikTok is controversial now because of their government ties. And I think several campuses, I think the first one may have been University of Texas in Austin, has banned TikTok from their campus-wide servers. Yet, how many kids are using social for NIL deals? It's about 73% of all NIL deals today. And TikTok is the largest platform within social. So that too has some controversy as well. So it's not just artificial intelligence and plagiarism. Mark, a lot of great points you made there. And I'm certainly um, anxious to get my hands on your book. I think that's going to be a really great read. And, and it sounds like a, a good opportunity for, uh, you know, not only just student athletes, but parents, families, you know, people that just want to learn more about the NIL space and how, you know, whether they can benefit from it and really just become educated and understand it, you know, from from all different facets. So certainly look forward to that. You can find Mark's book, NIL for All, a 30-minute guide to NIL on Amazon. Thank you so much again for joining us. And where can we um, where can we find you and uh, your, more about your company? Well, the, we are theplayersnil.com. We're on every social platform at theplayersnil. And you can follow me on LinkedIn where I post newsworthy articles and updates that I see in the industry relevant to NIL for All student-athletes. All right, Mark, we appreciate you. And of course, we appreciate you giving us a follow at NIL Now Show. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you can also find us on Reddit as we explore NIL and we get all the Redditors involved. Tell a friend about the podcast. Let us know what you think. And of course, you can subscribe so you get all your episodes each and every week. Thank you again to Bob Akhairi, the Reddit College football team, for their help. You can follow them at Reddit College Football on Twitter and online. I'm Lauren Sisler, my co-host. Well, his name is Kevin Jones. And a big thanks to our audio engineer, Colin Schmeling, our associate producer, Dean Zolkowski, and our executive producers, Richard Diamond, Selena Roberts, and Scott Broder. Until next time, peace. Thanks for listening to NIL Now, presented by Headline Studio and Reddit.